Welcome to the Out of Home Insider Show, the loudest voice in out of home, bringing you tips, tricks, and insider insights to not only make your advertising more effective, but more efficient too. And with me today, a very special guest, the man behind Adomni, Jonathan Gadai. Thank you so much for making time out to, to join us here today, Jonathan. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, a great place to start. It's a, it's a fun place to start because I feel like everyone's got their own unique path of how they ended up in out of home. So why don't you tell us yours? How did you get to be a programmatic out of home guy? Yeah, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great question. And it kind of goes back to 2014, 2015. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I had been in the e-commerce world for most of my career, uh, pretty much from like 2002 uh, to 2014, 2015. And I was in the process of selling the e-commerce the business that I had. And I, this, uh, this guy named Jonathan Fine started dating my, my wife's sister. And he's a serial entrepreneur. He's from Las Vegas. He has bars and restaurants and security company and magazine. And he owns a few uh, billboards as a small ownership passive investor. And he came to me and said, you know, we looked at, I looked at our P&L for the year. And when I calculated how much money I could have made versus how much money we did make, there was like 20, 30% gap. And he's like, I'm looking at this almost like it's a hotel, you know, property where it's a digital sign. There's eight slots. If only six or seven of them are sold at any given point, what if we took the, an unsold space and put it online? And he's like, I don't know anything about e-commerce or digital for buying things online from a, from a you know, production standpoint, but you do. And so maybe you can join me and, and we can build this and maybe we can make more money on these three boards. And if it seems like it's interesting, maybe we can take it and apply that to others who might have the same need. So Ad Omni originally started as Advertise Everywhere was the name. Um, but focused first on on these digital billboards in Las Vegas. That's a, and, and that's definitely an interesting way into the space. So it starts out. We've got three. How did it go? Did you did it work initially? Were there I'm sure some some hiccups along the way? What was that first 12, 18 months like trying to figure this thing out? Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 interesting. You know, like you've got an idea and the concept is sounds so simple. Right. I mean, we've been selling stuff online now for many, many, many years. And um, and so what, the first thing I did was say, I don't want to have to reinvent the wheel and build everything from scratch. There's got to be a platform, a Shopify of the world. Right. For out of home sure. that we could just use and maybe add some custom features or apply it to the, the screens. Um, because, you know, most people in, in technology try to build what only needs to be built, but utilize what's already available as building blocks. And so the thing that surprised me the most in 2015 was that there just wasn't a platform or a technology like a Shopify or like, you know, these e-commerce platforms that you could take off the shelf. Um, and so we ended up saying, okay, well then we'll, we'll build something from scratch. And then the next big challenge was, well, the software that's running these screens wasn't built for programmatic selling wasn't built for fractionalizing ads to be sold to different people online. Sure. And, and so, you know, we had some, some Dactronic screens and uh, some prism view screens and the software was just, you know, re re meant for something else, right? It was designed and built for basic slot net management and for longer term campaigns. 
So we, so to answer your question, was it more difficult? We just kept realizing that the solutions weren't out there for the problem we were trying to solve from a product perspective. And fortunately we had a very strong team of engineers, just a, a couple of really smart guys with me as the core nucleus of the company. And we started building our own media player software, our own online content management system, our own e-commerce booking platform. And little by little, we, we, you know, it took us about six months before we had our first kind of ready to test product. Um, and, and so that was 2015. And then, and then early 2016, we started testing. Um, and, and the nice thing is we had our own boards, right? So we, we had the luxury of being able to, um, you know, test in a, in a real environment without, you know, potentially messing with else, someone else's business up, even though we have a big chance of messing our own business up. <laughs> um, you know how that is, but you still take your, your own risks more than you do for others. <clears throat> so we launched, we ended up launching and went really well. We tweaked like any software, there's bugs, you, you, you fix on the way. And then July 2016 was the first kind of real true launch uh, of the first paid campaign. And before we hit our, our 11 month anniversary, we had already done a million dollars of ad revenue through the local hotels and shows and corporate events that were coming to Vegas that all of a sudden could buy three days worth. And it wasn't super hard. And, and, um, and, and we, we, we didn't have a big sales team. We were just kind of going out and selling our own product in the early days. Um, but it, it kind of validated that we were onto something. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was 2016 to 2017. Those are the early days. And then what we realized was that the market was way bigger than digital billboards. You know, like that, that was where we started. Sure. But um, we said, well, this, this idea can apply to any digitally connected screen. What kind of makes sense as the next thing. And like any, any big company who's testing and building new products, like Amazon does all their testing in, in Seattle and Microsoft in Seattle, right? You, you build and test as close to where you are. Um, we saw, started you know, talking to the local taxi top guy who had mostly static boards. And he said, yeah, I'd be interested in trying these, these digital toppers. And so this was 2017 that we had the conversation and, and we, we ended up building a, you know, taking the, the platform and applying it for the mobile vehicle network, which our idea was if you could combine our digital billboards with these taxis they're driving around in Vegas, a brand can kind of dominate your attention, right? Sure. You're sitting at a stoplight. You're like, what show am I going to see this tonight or this weekend? It's boom, right next to you. Boom. Right next seven to screens you. and 14 taxis in front of you. Oh, I think that's what we're going to go see, honey. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we were like, okay, well, that's going to be the next network then that we're going to layer on top of digital home. We'll, we'll go into the transit. And man, that was, that was rough. Um, if we thought that digital billboards and the software that was running those was difficult, uh, to have a, a system where you've got the internet connection that can go in and out just based upon where the car is driving, yep. drives underneath like, you know, the parking garage, boom, you can't communicate with it. You've got these guys, you know, taxis, they're pulling up the taxi lines and then just turning off their car. Right. So when the car t turns off, the, the screens the turn off. So sure. So the car, you know, the, the screens, and the ads were turning on and off. So all these like things that we had never really prepared for, um, we had to build the software into the system to support that. Um, but it was a, it was a really interesting time because we learned a lot and, 
Um, and we ended up successful with it. We ended up um, rolling that out in 2017 and, and starting to take orders for that. And, and, and it was for that particular line, it was always a, a matter of scale. You know, Vegas has got thousands of cabs driving around, right? Sure. You need to have a certain percentage of them that have the digital screens for that experience of the big screen, little screen kind of surround sound right, sort of right, right. experience. And so, um, so, so, you know, we, we worked with them and then we were sort of waiting in Vegas for the right company to come up that was going to install these um, everywhere and, and take it to the next level. Um, and so, yeah, so those, those are the origin stories of us just having an idea, uh, taking it to market, iterating on it, learning, and then along the way, you know, building a brand, you know, a Domni was built by non out of home, you know, people. I mean, my, my business partners are owners of out of home, but they're not, you know, they're not clear channel Lamar. They're not a big sure. plan. They don't, they don't all, all, all the insides in and ins and out. So, um, so we wanted to basically go to market and say, we want to be your partner to every out of home operator owner. We don't want to make money unless you're making money. We want you to be able to set the pricing and have transparency along the entire transaction where you know which advertisers are buying, what the size of the campaigns are. Um, and ultimately we want to just help you fill your unsold space. Like that is our mission. And we, we will only uh, be high-fiving when we're all making money together. Um, and so that was business model. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was the only way we saw it succeeding, you know, like there's, there's been too many uh, tech companies or, or even marketing entities that have took advantage of others that um, we just didn't think that that was going to last or be something that, um, that, that ultimately, you know, we, we wanted to be as transparent as possible because we felt that that was going to allow us to scale faster. So from three screens, helping your brother-in-law sell some, sell some additional space to, to how many screens are you tapped into right now? So now we have a little over 165,000. So from three to 165,000 from traditional roadside, big screen stuff to taxi toppers. I'm sure you got a bunch of other crazy formats in there. What, what, what other sort of screens are you tapped into? Yeah. Yeah. So right now we have 32 different, uh, we call them media types. I know that there's, you know, out of home traditional calls them formats, Sure. but, um, Basically for us, you know, the, to be on the programmatic platform, you need to have the ability to synchronize your system with our system electronically, automatically. Let's talk about that for a second in case anyone's getting freaked out by the tech talk. Yeah. Do I, if, I, if I'm a media owner, do I need to change my infrastructure in some way? What, what are the ramifications or impact to my current systems if I wanted to work with Adomni and you know, sell my inventory? Yeah. For most people, you don't. I mean, it's, it, it is situational in that the, the platform that you're using can be on a spectrum of easy to integrate with to impossible. Um, and fortunately, you know, out-of-home companies have been investing in new either layers in between their content management system um, and, 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 and kind of the cloud, um, or they've been replacing it with new screens. It just comes with the, the new stuff that just that has the ability to connect. So, um, so yeah. So if you're running Broadsign or Ayuda or Blip or Apparatics um, or Adomni's Media Player CMS, um, then then you can connect. You know, four, three four years ago, 
I couldn't say that, right? We weren't partnered with all those companies. And so aside from the media owners being really where the business started of, of having the 165,000, that's, that's when the business starts getting interesting. Um, it's the partners along the way that we've formed partnerships with where broad signs uh, reach SSP, for example, we connect into that. And we, so it's now easier than ever to connect to the Adomni platform. Um, but it's one of those things that on a case by case basis, we, you know, we're pretty upfront and in, in asking what are you running and what versions and, and being able to assess, you know, the feasibility, but it's gotten, it's gotten really good lately. Makes sense. Where are you seeing the most growth from for programmatic? Is it from brands direct? Is it from agencies adopting it? Is it, a little bit of both. Where, where are you seeing the most growth? Obviously, we're in unprecedented times, but up until that point, where, where are we seeing it from? Yeah, sure. So our big mission is to try to bring new money into the marketplace. Um, so direct-to-consumer brands, um, you know, uh, brands that are focused more on Google and Facebook advertising. So money that traditionally hasn't been spent and out of home. That's right. Okay. Yeah that's, that's kind of our like tier one preference. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, there's a wide spectrum there. Um, agencies, you know, there's also obviously some very powerful holding company agencies with, with major brands who can trust them. And we, we, we can't uh, lose sight of those guys too. I mean, that's, you know, even, you know, what the biggest thing that we've been trying to do is either two things, one, bring new money in where, like there's a, there's brands that have never advertised in digital at home that we're bringing in and saying, look at the benefits. It can help awareness, but it can also help performance. Or we want to increase the wallet share of how much out of home is getting in the media mix. So these big holding company agencies, they're, they're buying out of home and they've got their specialist agencies that are doing so. But if we're like four to 7% of their total media budget, our goal is to try to get that to be 10 to 20% based upon the ability to target an audience, to, you know, control your messaging dynamically, um, to swell your budgets, contract, do all these things that they're choosing to go with Google and Facebook because they have those capabilities. And now they're learning that, Oh, I can do that too without a home. Um, that's really powerful. Maybe I should be spending more than the, than the way that I've been doing it. So on the audience targeting side, and I've had the opportunity to play a little bit within the back end, but I'm by no means an expert. And so I can start with the audience first, right? From a planning standpoint inside of your platform. Is that, is that correct? Yes. And is that based on geopath? Is it your own audience inside? What's that information? Where's it coming from? Sure. So um, geopath is definitely the industry standard when it comes to the impression counting um, so any of the media owners that are being geopath rated, um, those impressions are being fed into a Domni system to say, I had 5 million impressions and I spent $5 million, you know, whatever. Um, but where geopath also has their audience uh, data where they, where they partner with some third party audience providers, that's part of their tool, which is something separate that we don't leverage for a Domni system. Okay. We partnered with a company called Place IQ. Um, back in 2018 and uh, place IQ uses mobile location data to basically understand where anonymously and, and consumer safely 
sure. where devices have traveled and where, you know, so if you wake up in the morning and you go to the gym, 24 hour fitness, and then you go from there to Starbucks and then you go to the, you go to, you go to the office, those kind of patterns, your, your device is sending location, you know, lat longs constantly. And so place IQ through partnerships with different app companies is just getting the device ID. It's not, doesn't know it's Tim and your age and all this stuff necessarily, but, but, but it, it considers you a coffee drinker and a gym goer because of where you've been. And so we partner with place IQ to, uh, you know, ingest the data around those 165,000 screens and build profiles for those, uh, those, those boards. Right. Um, and so the idea is when you do a Facebook campaign today and last year, $70 billion was spent by people saying, I want to reach a male who's, you know, between 30 and 50 who goes to the gym and drinks coffee. I've got some new coffee flavored sports drink. Right. Um, Facebook is going to show you the size of the audience, show you your CPM and let you advertise and reach Tim, you know, on his phone or when he's on his computer on Facebook. We wanted to replicate the same sort of process, but for out of home, and it's not one-to-one, -one. it's not Tim necessarily, but what you're saying is I want to reach this audience as a majority of the composition of who I'm trying to reach. And we can score all these screens and say, okay, you want that billboard over there. You want that Zoom media gym screen over there and build these, uh, these, these multifaceted campaigns that enable you to have a more efficient return on, return on your investment by, by optimizing your audience. So that was our vision. We call it Audience IQ. Um, so that's the product name for it. And, um, and yeah, we're excited about it. We think it's, it's, a, it's a way to build a bridge between advertisers who are used to something one way and when you come over to out of home, it not feeling like it's something so foreign. Absolutely agree. It's, it's a, a bit ironic that, so I'm doing this live session on Thursdays at three every week and, and the, the premise is exactly that, that out of home is just as easy as Facebook ads. So it's funny that you use that analogy and, and the goal is introduce it to folks that are maybe not from out of home, so to grow our share of voice. Um, and, and then also for, you know, just media account executives so that they can go in and have better conversations with advertisers. So it's great to hear that there is, because I think that is, it's such an easy concept to understand. Oh, I'm able to target men 34 to 43 years old who drink coffee and go to the gym in this radius. Gosh, if I could do that with a billboard for a fraction of the cost potentially on a CPM basis and be able to measure it back to a return on investment, that'd be pretty neat, wouldn't it? Yeah. So how do you, how do you handle the measurement conversation? It's, it's yeah. a button type thing going on, you know, is foot traffic the thing or <laughs> how are we measuring things? How do, how do you guys approach it? So um, it's, it's, it, it's one of the most important things that we're trying to get better at. Um, I think that it's not even just an Adomni thing. It's not which vendors we use. It's like an industry-wide thing that um, what I've learned in the, in the, in the few years that we've, we've been at this is that there's so many different variables of play from what the brand is trying to achieve to what budgets they have and how long they want their campaigns to run to, to you know, all, all, all these different things that 
the feasibility of measurement is something that needs to be looked at on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, we want to be able to offer it as an add-on to campaigns for everyone to be able to be exposed to it. But the, the, the reality of it is that not every campaign is suitable for a measurement campaign. Um, and, and so that, that's, you know, first and foremost, it's helping the, the brands understand what's possible when they're, you know, creating their strategies and, and in the early stages of the, the planning process. And then ensuring that, that we set up the right mix of, of like I said, budget, time, media, media types that, that has a, 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 a high confidence level that, a, that there's going to be a measurement report that, that, that is meaningful to them. Um, and so I will say that <clears throat> the things that we're, we're focusing on, there's, we've, we've basically boiled down measurement into like seven different uh, outputs. <clears throat> And the, the top three that I've, I've been most focused on and trying to put in front of our, our best brands are the site visitation lift. So uh, if you are a brick and mortar, like a you know, retailer and you're doing a campaign and you wanna know, well, you know, consumers who are exposed to my ads, can you tell me what percentage of them uh, ended up going into my stores compared to people that we don't think were exposed to the ads? And can you just show that there's a lift in the site visitation? So that's the first one. It's just the physical brick and mortar real world um, you know, brands. The second one is, is offline to online uh, conversions of some sort. So I'm, let's say, a, a vitamin e-commerce company, and I don't have brick and mortar, but I want to do an at-home campaign, and I want to see how many people that saw my billboards and my Uber you know, car top ads ended up going to my website um, and compared to the devices that, that weren't, that didn't see my ads. Right. So the, the, the online visitation, um, is something that, that we're focused on. And then the third is just the brand sentiment survey. So the ability to say, um, you know, the, the consumers who are exposed to these ads on average had this much more affinity toward your band, your brand, whether it was like, you know, I, I have a, I'm going to go buy this product or I already did or all these things that, um, that that's just kind of consumer survey feedback that, that you can tie through together. Those are the three that, that, that we're seeing have the most like usability across the board. Um, but it's one that we caution to all brands beforehand. Don't, before you fall in love with it, Let's just make sure you, you understand that there needs to be scale, right? For any of these reports to have meaning, the scale comes from the, the campaign running long enough. Um, and to run long enough, you need to have a budget that supports the duration and, and the mix of media formats. Um, and so what we found is that it's really more applicable for, for the larger, larger campaigns um, or the ones that have longer durations um, that, you know, that, that we can have the data for. But it's it's very much a part of our conversation. I wouldn't say it's every single pitch or you know every single. You're not going to get to the Adami homepage and it's going to be see your ROI uh, like Google and Facebook, right? Where it's all it's all converted, it's all direct response measured. Um, but instead, what we've been doing, Tim, is really focusing on by putting out a home on top of Google and Facebook, all of it is going to get better. 
everything works better, right? It legitimizes brands. It creates conversations. It makes all of those things work better. You touched on something and I want to come back to it because it's, I think maybe the most undervalued play in digital out of home. And that's the ability to do dynamic creative to do and leverage things like day party, weather triggers, different types of things. You mentioned it. Is that built into the Adomni platform? Is that something that I can do directly through you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd say it's in the high 90s um, percentage of our campaigns are day parted. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with um, kind of the, this new school audience way of trying to reach people, right? So if you are optimizing for an audience and you want to be, you know, you, you want to reach people in the gym, you know, then, then there's going to be certain times a day where there's going to be more audiences there and maybe your audience. Um, and so, yes, to answer your question, absolutely day parting is a huge component of it. The dynamic creative um, comes in in a few different flavors. There's the content itself is being fed from a dynamic source, whether it's like Twitter feeds or, you know, movie times or weather, stuff like that, where it's, you know, it, it itself is every time it's being served, asking the system, well, what, what am I showing on this ad, right? And we do support HTML content through Adomni. Um, but, but, but only some board owners support that today, right? It's not going to be across all 165,000 because a lot of them don't, don't, don't support HTML. Um, but then there's the other side of, of I only want to show certain ads when certain things are happening, like a pizza like brand. And then yes, show my ad. Exactly. So I'm a pizza brand. I only want to, sh I'm, here's my budget. I've got a million bucks to spend in, the, in these, in these two months but I only want to spend it on days where it's raining when people are driving home and they're like, well, am I going to go to the grocery store? Do I have whatever in the fridge? And then that Domino's ad pops up and it's like, that's what I'm going to do. It's raining. I'm going to order pizza and, 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 and do that. There's that triggering that that's also dynamic content that we're doing a little bit, a little bit of, but a lot of those things are kind of come from the client, right? Come from the brand or advertiser saying, I want to do stuff like that. That's really cool. That's really interesting. And sometimes they're more just trying to take what they're doing with their other channels and just applying it on digital of home as an extension. And then every so often in the meetings we love to have, we're saying, well, here's like, here's what you could really do if you want to harness the full capabilities of the platform. And they're thinking outside the box and they're, and they're willing to do things that may not flow with the whole rest of the campaign, but it, but it still will drive the results that they're looking for. And that's really, I think, one of the most fun things about Out of Home is that it is this blank canvas and we can get a little bit outside the box. Oh, I guess all pun intended or some pun intended, right? Yeah. Of that traditional square, well, hey, it's a billboard. It's got to look like this. No, it can be fun. It can be dynamic. You can have motion in certain places. There's just so many things that you can do. That The fact that you offer it from the planning side, audience, hey, we're going to target the right audience. We're going to have a responsible conversation about how we're going to measure it. And oh, by the way, look at all the really cool stuff you can do with it while you have it on. I think it's a great conversation to have. I appreciate you introducing all of the audience to more of the nitty gritty behind what you guys do. For anyone interested, what's the best way to find you? Just at adomni.com, A-D-O-M-N-I. 
And then you can reach me um, on LinkedIn. If you search for me, Jonathan Gadai, um, I'm pretty active on there. And yeah, would, would love to uh, be on the show again in the future. And it's one of those things, Tim, where innovation is happening so quickly and it's just having the market catch up to taking advantage of what's available now and also understanding that where it's headed is super exciting for a medium that I think has been really undervalued for a very long time. And when the, when the big digital guys just start to realize the true value and they actually have a tool to go do it themselves, um, well, then you've got a Facebook and Google situation. It's not a bad, not a bad situation to have. I think it creates market efficiency overall for everybody at the end of the day. It's not a threat to anybody's business. There's certainly enough for us all to be uh, very profitable in the things that we do. So Jonathan, again, thanks so much for taking the time out. If this has been helpful, please share it with somebody. As always, we'll see you guys next time.